As you know, we've been talking together for a few weeks about collide. The idea that the kingdom of God has different priorities, different perspective, different values than the culture around us. And if we stay true to the principles of the kingdom, then we're eventually going to collide with the culture. And we've been looking at what, how, that, how to deal with that, how to prepare for it, how to see it and understand it, what to do about those things. Kind of the theme verse for the whole series is Colossians 2 and verse 8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The idea is that because we live in this culture, culture has a big influence on us. And it would be very easy for us to just begin to think the way the world around us thinks and to value the things that the world around us values. And that's not new. Christians have been dealing with that from the beginning. And so Paul said all the way back when he wrote the letter to the church at Colossae, you guys be careful about that. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and, and deceptive philosophy. Instead, you want your values, your view of life to be founded upon Christ. And so that's what we've been talking together about the last few weeks. And this morning, I want us to conclude that series and talk about the, the truth about truth. If you have your copy of scripture with you, I want to invite your attention to Proverbs 23, 23. If you like to use the Bible app, remember that we, uh, we have uh, our service set up in that Bible app so you can find it there and you can kind of follow along if you'd like to do that. But I want us to begin in Proverbs 23, 23. Solomon, known as the wisest man in the world, the wisest man in the history of the world, many would say. He taught us, buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. And when we talk about buying something, understand that he's not, he's not talking about a monetary transaction. He's using it as kind of an illustration. He's saying, invest in this. You want to buy good stock and you don't want to sell that good stock at the wrong time. Right? You want to invest in something good and you, you want to hold on to it. Invest in truth, he says. Buy truth and do not sell it. Why? Because it is valuable. Charles Alderton was a, uh, a pharmacist in Waco in the late 1800s. And back then you'd go to the, the pharmacy to get your to get sodas. And he kind of started noticing that the people were coming in buying the same stuff. Over and over, they'd get that sarsaparilla, they'd get a vanilla soda, and he said, it's just getting boring. And so this brilliant man 
God's gift to humanity, started creating something. They're, they're in the old corner drugstore on Austin Avenue in Waco, Texas. He put together 23 different flavors in a way that they had never been combined before. And, as he, and when he did, he created the most awesome creation. And on December 1 of 1885, the very first Dr. Pepper was served. Wasn't called Dr. Pepper yet, but that's what it was. You know, used to when you went into the, the drugstore, they had what they called a soda jerk. It was his job to prepare the soda. They called him a jerk because you'd jerk on the handle to get that, that soda water to fizz in there. And so when you wanted one of Charles Alderton, we have to pause before we say his name. Charles Alderton. If you wanted one of his new creations, then you would go in and say, shoot me a Waco. That was the way it was ordered at first. Shoot me a, a Waco. Well, as you know, or at least as you can tell this morning, I am a Dr. Pepper fanatic. If you haven't been to my office yet, I invite you. Come look in my collection. I've, I've been collecting Dr. Pepper stuff for 35 years, something like that. A lot of what I have is junk, but some of what I have is really unique. And one of the pieces that I am most proud of is this is a receipt from 1925. It technically has nothing to do with Dr. Pepper itself, but it is signed by C.C. Alderton. It's a receipt at the Waco Drug Company for opium. <laughs> different world, different time. But my point is, I have, I have the signature of the guy who created Dr. Pepper. And I'm in a Facebook group for Dr. Pepper collectors. I know it's nerdy, I get, I know. But I posted this picture of this receipt on this Facebook group. Everybody, look what I've got. I've got the man's signature. And I started hearing from different people in the group, I'll buy it from you. And there was one guy in particular who was very pushy. I'll pay you this much. And I said, no, man, I've got the dude's signature. I'm not selling that. And he got back, I'll pay you this much. No, I don't want to sell it. He doubled. He kept on increasing. And this went on for two or three days. This guy just kept making offer after offer after offer. And his offers started sounding pretty good. <laughs> I could buy a lot of Dr. Pepper junk with that money but I couldn't sell it because I got the man's autograph. And for me, that is too valuable to sell. 
I know to you it's nothing. I get that. But to me, it's too valuable to sell it. You see our text? Proverbs 23, 23. Buy it so you've got it. What is he buying? Truth. Buy truth and don't sell it. You don't sell it because it's that valuable to you. That's the first thing that I want us to notice this morning about the truth about truth. Is that truth is valuable. Truth is valuable. Buy it. Don't sell it. Paul said to the church at Colossae, don't, don't let the world around you convince you of those things that are not true. Buy it, but don't sell it. Don't get rid of the truth. And when I started the series, I told you that I gave you a trigger warning. Some of the things I say are going to trigger some of you. It's going to make you very uncomfortable. Some of you are going to get ticked off. Okay, here's one of those times. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Our culture prioritizes tolerance, acceptance, being open-minded. Right? We honor those things. We value those things. Now hear me clearly. All of those are very good. The problem is in our culture, we value those things so much that we rushed to them so quickly, we were willing to set truth aside to get to them faster. We took a shortcut. In order to prove that we're open-minded, that we're tolerant, that we're accepting, we said the way to get there fastest is to say nothing's true. Because if nothing's true, then you can be you. If nothing's true, then you can believe what you want to believe. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Now watch. If there's no absolute truth, then there is no absolute right and wrong. There's no absolute morality. If truth is relative, everybody can have their own truth, then so is morality. What's right and wrong is up to each person. Again, being open-minded is great. Being tolerant, awesome. Being accepting, very Christ-like. Unless we sacrifice truth to get there. And that's what we've done. Solomon told us, he warned us, buy truth, but don't sell it. Don't give it up. Friends, I know that this rubs us the wrong way because it doesn't fit everything we've been told. But there is only one reality. And because there's only one reality, there is absolute truth. It sounds good and it feels good for us to say, you believe your, your truth, I believe my truth. You live your life, I live my life. What's right for you is not right for me. What's wrong for you is not wrong for me. Man, that feels good. 
It's just not based on reality. Truth is absolute. Our job should not be to accept falsehood in order to accept one another. Our job should be, let's take our differing perspectives and work together so that our differing perspectives can help us get different angles on the truth and together we can discover what is true. And then when we understand what is true, we'll be in a better place to understand one another. But that takes hard work. And we didn't do that work. Truth is valuable. Buy it, but don't sell it. Look for it, long for it, desire it, invest in it, sacrifice for it, buy it. When you find the truth, don't give it up. Truth is valuable and truth is rare. Truth is rare. In our world especially, there are so many different thoughts, so many different ideas, so many different opinions. And we didn't do ourselves any favor when we said everybody's opinion is equal. Everybody's opinion is not equal. Truth is true. When we decided that everybody could figure out for themselves what was real, we didn't do ourselves any favor because now, if you disagree with me, it's not because you're looking at a different perspective on truth. If you disagree with me, it's because you hate me. And if you hate me, then I can yell at you on social media and I can, I can protest and I can yell and scream and I can act ugly. You see, we don't have a way to communicate with one another because we took truth out. Because we did that, now the only way I can understand, if you disagree with me, that means that you're saying my truth isn't real and the only reason you would say my truth isn't real is if you hate me. So everybody's mad at everybody all the time. Truth is rare. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way that seems right to man. Catch that. It seems right to man. Those things we talked about earlier, those, those principles of our culture, tolerance, acceptance, open-mindedness, all of those things are good. Those are, there's a way that seems right because it has those those good qualities. So there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. Just because culture around us presents a certain set of principles and they feel right, they feel good, they seem to be heading in the right direction, doesn't mean that they are right. What I have to do is go to the source of truth and evaluate what my culture is saying to me. Measure it and weigh it by what I know to be true. This is the filter by which I listen to my culture. Did you hear that? Most of us get it backwards. We use our culture 
as the filter by which we hear the word. That's backwards. Instead, what we want to do is we want to get so used to this, so familiar with the truth here, that it becomes a filter through which we hear the influence of the culture. And we're able to say, that sounds good, but it's not true because it doesn't measure up. Again, that's hard work. And Fox and CNN are not going to do that work for you. There's a way that seems right to man, but it, its end is the way to death. You ever seen this little critter? You know what this critter is? This is a lemming. Lemmings, fascinating creatures around the Arctic. They're fascinating because unlike most rodents, they do move in these massive herds. I don't know if that's the correct term for, is that the collective noun for lemmings? I don't know. But they move in these huge, they migrate. They're migratory rodents. And so they migrate together. Wherever the group goes, the individual lemming goes along. There have been many times when folks have observed lemmings going right off a cliff. Now, there was a time when folks thought that was because there were too many lemmings, and so instinct and nature told them to commit suicide, and so they jumped off to commit suicide. Now the thinking is... Rodents, the rodents like the lemmings know that they can swim. And so as this huge crowd moves along, they come up on this, this cliff and there's a body of water there. They're not trying to commit suicide. They're just trying to cross the water. So they jump in to swim across and most don't make it. How these scientists can debate what's going on in the minds of lemmings, I don't know. But regardless of the motivation of the lemming, they migrate along with the crowd. There's a way that seems right to man. It seems right because this whole culture in which we live is moving in a certain direction. And it can be scary to turn around and go the opposite way. It can be scary to turn a hard Right, well, maybe I should say a hard left for some of you, but it can, it, it can be scary to, to turn a hard direction and go in a different way. Because it seems like I'm supposed to be with the crowd. The truth is rare. We have to value it. We have to recognize that it's rare. When we realize that it's rare and it is not going to happen naturally, we are not going to find truth automatically by going along with what feels right. It's not going to happen. When we realize that, then we'll start digging for it and we start looking for it. You don't stumble across an uncut diamond out in, on Marable Street. You're going to find an uncut diamond by digging for it, looking for it. It's rare. You've got to look for it. So... The writer of Proverbs says, value truth, it's rare. And then as we come into the New Testament, we learn that truth is found in Christ. In John chapter 8, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, 
If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, we understand that they didn't have this. So when he says you abide in my word, he's saying you, you live within the truth that I've told you. You live within my teachings. What I have told you is true. So much that the guy who listened to what I told you, he's like the guy who built his house on a rock and the storms came and it stood. You reject the things that I'm teaching you, you're like the guy who built his house on the sand, the storms came and it fell. So he's talking about his own teachings. He says, he says to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you live by what I'm teaching, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You remember our text out of Colossians? Paul says, don't be enslaved again by the philosophies around you. The herd, the, the, the crowd mentality is a way of mental and spiritual confinement. We're not set free if the crowd controls who we are and what we think and how we see the world. So Jesus says, look, I've told you what you need to know. If you'll live by what I've taught you, then you're going to be free because the truth will set you free. We use that term sometimes incorrectly. Usually when we hear the truth will set you free, usually that's in a context where someone has lied, they've deceived, they've gotten in trouble, and so their friend says, look, just fess up and tell the truth. The truth will set you free. Well, that's pretty good advice. But it's not the context of this verse. In this verse, Jesus is saying, I have taught you the way to free and abundant life. In my teachings, you find truth. And that truth will set you free from the world around you that wants to confine you. So how do we find that? We listen. He says, if you abide in my words, you live in his teachings. We listen and we live the life that he shows us. In John chapter 10, he put it very simply. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life is the very one who said, if you'll listen, you'll be able to follow me along that way, in that truth, finding that life. The bottom line is this. Truth is valuable. Truth is rare. Truth is found in Christ because truth comes from love. Truth comes from love. I started the series by saying that God loves you, loves you exactly as you are. And he does. He loves you exactly the way you are right now. But he loves you much more than that. 
He loves you just like you are, but he loves you so much he's not going to let you stay just like you are. He wants you to grow. He wants you to know him. Once you know him, he wants you to continue to become more like him every day. Truth comes from a place of love. We make the mistake of thinking we're showing love by overlooking truth. It doesn't happen that way. That's why scripture tells us, speak the truth in love. You can't, I know, the, I know it feels like it. That's a way that seems right. It feels like I can show love by overlooking truth. In reality, truth comes from love. And so in 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. The culture around you. Don't invest. Remember, we started this whole thing. Invest in truth. Buy truth. Don't invest who you are in the ways of the world, the culture around you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, these are the things that make up the principles of the world. For all that is in the world is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Don't buy the lie of the culture. Instead, buy truth and don't sell it. Fall so much in love with God that you want what he wants. Your desires are based on his desires. He loves you enough that he's going to keep changing you into who you need to be you learn to love him back enough to work with him in making you who you need to be. Love him back so that your desires are his, so that what you care about is based on what he cares about. Love him back so that you begin to see the world through his eyes instead of through the filter of your culture. 